Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Honestly, you don't want to be taking generic legal advice from a YouTube channel or podcast in any event. On with the show. Telltale Games Revived. What does that mean, legally? Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're once again talking about Telltale Games. Now, you might say, Rick, Telltale went bankrupt a couple months back. I remember it very vividly. It was in a number of articles. And I would say, yes, you were right. Although it wasn't actually bankruptcy, it was an assignment for the benefit of creditors. And we're going to talk about the difference in just a second. But as of this morning, Polygon has released an article, which I'm going to pull up right now, that says, Telltale Games is being revived, a new attempt to relaunch the episodic adventure company. Now, if you're not familiar with Telltale Games' output, you didn't know they went bankrupt or they otherwise went away, This was the company that was behind all of those licensed episodic games. The Game of Thrones game, the Guardians of the Galaxy game that grew to prominence making the Walking Dead episodic adventure game. I actually knew Telltale years before that when they were making essentially LucasArts puzzle game spinoffs like Sam and Max from Sam and Max Hit the Road fame from back in the day, as well as making a Monkey Island revival. But where they really grew prominent and famous was with The Walking Dead, which was of course a licensed property. And we've talked in the past about how when you've got an assignment for the benefit of creditors or a bankruptcy or other bad things that happen to your entity, one of the problems that you have with selling those assets, otherwise making a new go of it, is when you have third-party licensors that have certain rights that when you declare bankruptcy or you become uh, a creditor or owned business, then these licensors can oftentimes cut off the licenses. So what we've got here is a revival of the Telltale Games name. And that is distinct from just Telltale Games as it existed before last year, springing back into existence. And I think if you take nothing else away from this video or podcast, that's what I want to impress upon you. The way this works legally is that there's an entity and it exists and it has certain assets. And you say assets, right? It's got desks, it's got chairs, it's got books, it's got computers, it's got posters, whatever else it has. Marketing materials, boxes of games in a warehouse somewhere. It absolutely has all those things. But what it also has are its intellectual property rights. And those are the rights to its games, sure. Those are its contract rights to its in-licenses if they survive the bankruptcy process. But it's also its name. And so when it comes to discussing these kinds of stories, what's important to note is if somebody thinks that name has value, they will buy that name and they will use that name. And Telltale Games, as it's being revived right now, doesn't have to look anything at all like Telltale Games looked before it was assigned for the benefit of creditors. It can look completely different. Now, chances are it wouldn't because the buyer of something like this wants to essentially take the goodwill that Telltale Games had earned through putting products into the stream of commerce for years and years and years and getting whatever positive feedback that it had from its customer base, people like the Telltale Games name, or at least that's the premise of this purchase, and take that goodwill and say, okay, we're going to use that goodwill. We're going to build something like Telltale Games so that people, when they see the name in the future, 
can relate to it just as they did before the assignment for the benefit of creditors. So let's take a look at the article. Telltale Games, which shut down last year, is coming back after its assets were purchased by a company called LCG Entertainment. The new company will sell some of Telltale's back catalog and will work on new games based on a few Telltale-associated properties, as well as new licenses. The new Telltale is headed up by Jamie Odielli and Brian Waddle, and I apologize for the pronunciation of that first name. Odielli said that some workers from the original Telltale games will be offered freelance roles with full-time positions possible in the future. Generally, freelance is, in a legal terminology, we would consider contractors, right? An employee has certain rights as someone that has a long-term contract, a permanent position with your company. A contractor can have similar rights, but basically has only a contract role. So when you've got an independent contractor, you're not paying for benefits. You're not paying for some of those other things that generally accrue to employees, especially in California, but in other states in the United States as well, and certainly other countries. So when you say, hey, we're going to start up the company with contractors, what you're really saying is we're going to take a slow roll approach to building this thing back up. Now, in my social media and forums online, I've already seen certain people responding. I think they're even in the comments to this article saying this is just a exploitation play and they're trying to exploit people's labor and, oh, the Telltale people are still out on their luck. The Telltale people are going to maintain their lawsuit against the original Telltale Games entity. I don't know how, well, how many assets they have. I don't know how successful that will be. But that's distinct in my mind from a new entity purchasing up the intellectual property and trying to build something new. And... If you're going to build something new, one of the things I always advise to my clients is that you want to start slow. You want to find your market. You want to build slowly with knowledge of where your budget's at, what your burn rate's going to be, exactly where you're going. You want to have a viable business plan and you don't just want to explode into 150 staffers or whatever it's going to be. So if I were backing up this LCG entertainment that's exactly the approach I would take. Now, you don't have to like it. You absolutely don't have to like it. It's not fair to the people that worked at Telltale Games for as long as they did. 100% true. On the other hand, if this didn't happen at all, the assets of Telltale Games would sit in a vault somewhere, owned by creditors, sure, run by a trustee that doesn't know what to do with them, and nobody would have work. There would be no independent contractors. There would be no use of the intellectual property. There would be no advancement of the ball down the field on this score. And so you have to ask yourself, hey, Maybe that's better. Maybe you think, okay, well, we don't want independent contractors involved in the industry at all. So yeah, maybe it should just go away entirely if this is going to be the business model. I can't tell you you're wrong there. I think you're wrong. I think it's better to start slowly and hopefully build into something big that's sustainable. I think Telltale Games was not sustainable in the management that they had seen. You could see that from the financing issues that they had. You could see that from the profitability that they lacked. And so somebody trying to take their assets and do something different with them makes sense to me. But that's an opinion. That's not legality. That's not anything else. So I would ask you, if you're looking at this, to absolutely have your opinions on how the industry should be maintained, how it should look, but also ask yourself whether or not you think it would be better if this purchase were not made and the assets just sat around collecting dust and didn't do anything else ever, that nobody was employed, nobody was contracted with to make future games under the telltale name. Giving a description of these purchasers, Odiali has spent much of his career in mobile games, most recently as founder and CEO of Galaxy Pest Control, which is best known for licensed games based on Duck Dynasty and Power Rangers. Waddle's previous experience includes running sales and marketing for the Havoc game engine. So what you're seeing here is an entertainment company that doesn't necessarily have experience doing what Telltale did in terms of its output. But I'll tell you this, 
if you're succeeding at all in the mobile games industry, if you're getting any kind of traction, if you're signing any kind of licenses, you've got some experience and some success managing a company. You've got some success doing that, which in my opinion, Telltale had a great idea. Telltale had a great product line and a lot of people that loved it, but the budgets weren't right. The staffing wasn't right. The license terms weren't right. The management wasn't right. So if they can take the idea of Telltale, adventure games with these kinds of uh, very kind of casual oriented game dynamics, maybe very light puzzles, but ultimately mostly dialogue choices, put them in your favorite intellectual properties, and they can find a way to negotiate those contracts and negotiate the development of those games in a way that's profitable for Telltale. I think you can only perceive this as a good thing, even with their lack of experience in what Telltale actually creates. At some level, management can make widgets of any kind. They can make cars, they can make software, they can make sausage, as it were, if they understand the fundamentals of business and how to do this budgeting. Now, you still need creatives, and I don't know whether they're going to find them, I don't know whether they're going to get them. That, if you look at this and say, hey, these people don't have any idea what they're doing, I understand that complaint as well. They still need to get a good management team around them, and hopefully they're reaching out to some of Telltale's folks and seeing who's interested in potentially pursuing this uh, once again. In an interview with Polygon, Odielli confirmed that the new business has back catalog rights to licensed properties The Wolf Among Us and Batman, as well as full rights to original Telltale games such as Puzzle Agent. So that's, that's a clue, right? We talked about at the top of this video and podcast that they were going to lose a lot of their license rights. They were going to lose probably their HBO license right to Game of Thrones because when they go bankrupt, that probably goes away and they pull it back. We've got story after story after story in the past couple months of games coming off of Steam, coming off of GOG, that have the Telltale's branding because those licenses probably expired, the most recent of which I believe was Minecraft. But here they say The Wolf Among Us and Batman, so the DC Comics end of the universe, that license didn't go away or DC decided not to have it go away. And of course they have full rights to what Telltale owned before, like Puzzle Agent. Now that's a very limited portfolio, I believe. I don't think Telltale actually made a lot of stuff that wasn't licensed. And then they also say there are some other expired licenses that we're looking at. They're going to reach out to Marvel Comics to see if they can bring back Guardians of the Galaxy. They're going to reach out to 2K to see if they can bring back Tales from the Borderlands and potentially HBO for uh, Game of Thrones and the like. Universal, I think they did some for Jurassic Park and those types of games. They're going to reach out because that's what you do when you buy this kind of company. But Overall, I don't want to read the whole article because I always like to go to the source. I always like to recommend that you give people that are breaking these stories the clicks that they deserve. So I'm going to put this in the description to the video. But the fact that Telltale Games is being revived, there's a couple things that you should note. We've already said them. One, it doesn't mean that the entity as it existed before is going to come back. This is something new. This is a new party that bought the name, essentially, and is going to try to do something new with it. And two... It doesn't necessarily mean that everything they're doing because they lack experience or because they're going to use contractors is evil or exploitative or anything like that. If you were buying this company at this point in time, you would also take it slow. You would try to get those licenses in order, and then you would try to grow slowly and maybe make one game, figure out what that episodic model is going to look like for your new Telltale games, and go from there. As a matter of fact, just to add some color to that as the description, I've pulled up some of the articles that were done when Telltale Games went down. You'll recognize some of the names here. Here's an IGN article that says, Certain Telltale Games have been removed from Steam as the developer prepares to shut down completely. The date on this, the updated date, is November 2018. 
As reported by Game Daily Biz, Telltale Games is working with Sherwood Partners to help it through its complete shutdown. In a process similar to bankruptcy, Telltale is currently going through assignment proceedings where they were able to find someone to give them enough money for assets to pay any creditors or they had the money on hand. These assets include physical goods, trademarks, copyright, software, and source code. Richard Hogue, an attorney from Hogue Law, you might recognize, explained that this decision was made so that the next steps may proceed in a similar manner to arbitration rather than trial as a way for the parties to streamline the process. Now, they cut out most of my explanation there, so I actually want to go to the full-on Game Daily Biz article here, which I did uh, in collaboration with Mike Futter, who's talked a lot about these issues. I highly recommend following him on Twitter if you're interested in the business of video games, following Game Daily Biz because they're covering these kinds of things very often. But here's the full explanation that I gave for an assignment for the benefit of creditors. As you can probably tell, assignment for the benefit of creditors, colloquially referred to as ABCs, in California are not a court-based process. Because of that, You can think of them in a similar manner to arbitration rather than trial as a way for the parties to streamline the process. Right. If you're going to go through bankruptcy, you have to go through bankruptcy courts. You have to go through court proceedings. You have to go through those kinds of things. The difficulty is that the creditors are not limited in the same way they are when a company formally declares bankruptcy. And further, that such an assignment like a bankruptcy will typically trigger a default under the company's commercial contracts. That's exactly what we just talked about. So in general, Telltale would need to have consulted with their creditors and had them agree to this course of action before Telltale undertook it if they are getting good counsel on this. Then this article goes on to talk about Telltale Games', former Telltale Games', uh, COBRA issues, the potential lawsuit, and what wound up being an actual lawsuit uh, for uh, severance pay and things of that nature. And the ultimate takeaway from this is that you had the assets of Telltale assigned to someone else to try to pay their debts. And those creditors worked with the trustee. They figured out what they could take back. They figured out what licenses they could cancel. That's been the process for roughly the past nine months or so. Now, at this point in time, we have verification that someone actually bought up the bulk of Telltale's assets, which in my opinion, again, I think can only be considered a good thing because if nobody buys them up at all, they essentially go to waste and nothing ever happens with them. And then if the trustee doesn't do anything with them at all, if you ever want to license the games that you loved uh, in the 2010s that came out from Telltale, you wind up having those contractual problems that you see so often with revivals and high definition remasters today. You know, we're never going to get another copy of No One Lives Forever because that contract is held by, I think, five different companies and nobody knows what the intellectual property rights are behind that. So overall, if you are at all interested in seeing Telltale Games remasters for the next generation or you love The Walking Dead and you want to make sure it comes out in some way that makes sense to you uh, or other games like that, you want to see these assets uh, be purchased. But again, the main, the main takeaway here is you're going to hear a lot about Telltale Games coming back. For the most part, for those people that aren't involved in virtual legality, aren't thinking about these things legally, they're going to see that as a straight-up revival. And that's not the case. That's not how the law works. That's not how any of this works. The owners of the original Telltale Games aren't going to own Telltale Games in the future. This is an intellectual property, a name that changed hands and is going to be used for the goodwill of the brand that had been developed over the past years to advertise something else. Something else that is very likely to have a lot of similarities with what Telltale Games was originally doing because that's what makes sense if you bought this asset. You're not going to take Telltale Games and suddenly start making violent first-person shooters. That's not a useful brand for you to have. You could have just invented a new company. Similarly, just in terms of kind of getting this understood by everybody. I've just pulled up a few articles here to just kind of highlight the point. I've got an article here from VentureBeat and GamesBeat that says Nordic Games brings back the THQ name 
rebrands as THQ Nordic. Now, if you follow any of this in games, you know THQ Nordic. They've been making some good stuff. They've been making some good choices. They've been acquiring a lot of companies. But they changed over to use the THQ name. Why? Because it was valuable. THQ, or formerly before it was THQ, Toy Headquarters, was a fairly popular, pretty famous brand in video games before it went bankrupt. And Nordic Games purchased it, had the rights to use the THQ name, decided that it was valuable enough in terms of brand recognition and goodwill that was associated with it to affix it to its own name. Now, unlike the people that just bought Telltale Games, who have no indication that they're not just going to use the Telltale Games name, Nordic still liked its name, so they combined them. They made it THQ Nordic, very similar to Blizzard Activision, where Activision saw Blizzard had a lot of value, but they still wanted the Blizzard name and the Activision name to both be at the head of their company title. So just like Nordic Games brought back the THQ name and aren't THQ in any real respect, they just have the name, this is what's happening with Telltale Games. Similarly, if you follow these stories a lot, you know that one of the major companies that went under very recently, again, due to private equity valuations, real estate issues that we could definitely talk about in virtual legality at some point if any of you are interested, Toys R Us went bankrupt and then announced recently that they're coming back from the dead, as the Washington Post puts it here. But they also say its new stores are unrecognizable. Now, they say that actually with a kind of current tense, even though I believe this is all renderings and is going to happen in the future. But it says a year after shutting down all its U.S. stores, Toys R Us is making a comeback. The international chain, which filed for bankruptcy in 2017, is opening two mall stores this holiday season and bringing back its website. We're reinventing Toys R Us to make it fun. This is a global brand that is absolutely beloved in the United States. And like these other kind of circumstances, the revamped Toys R Us is a joint venture between True Kids Brands, which acquired the Toys R Us U.S. brand in January, and Beta, a chain of experiential consumer electronics stores. So backing up a step, just like Telltale Games, just like THQ Nordic, True Kids Brands, just like LGS Entertainment, comes in and says, hey, we are going to, LCG Entertainment, my apologies, we are going to take over the Toys R Us name and we are going to use it. We're going to take our True Kids Brands holding company and we're going to build Toys R Us again because Toys R Us is obviously still a valuable brand. Toys R Us, Jeffrey, you, you don't want to grow up. All those things is still valuable. People still remember them. People still have good feelings about them. The same reason you see a Disney live action remake every two months, you see Toys R Us coming back. You see THQ coming back. You see Telltale Games coming back. There is nothing wrong with that, except that people should understand that these are just brands. These are just logos. These are just names. And these new companies, they might be great. They might be fantastic. They might have exactly the right idea to make this business model viable. But they don't realistically, in any actual capacity, have a relationship to the game company, to the, to the toy company that came before. And as long as everybody understands that and understands what's happening when news stories like that happen today, I think you can get a greater understanding of what Telltale Games is likely to put out in the future, what it's likely to look like in the future, and the fact that it doesn't have any of these connections to the old properties. That's one of the reasons you see in that article in Polygon that they're going to try to hire a number of Telltale Games employees, because people do know that if it doesn't feel like what the former company used to put out, that's going to lose the goodwill more rapidly than it otherwise would. 
That's been Virtual Legality for today. Thank you so much for watching. If you like this, please like, please subscribe to the channel. We're talking about these things all the time. We talked about Epic Game Store commissions yesterday. We talked about Ion Fury and all of its issues with apologies and non-apologies and walkbacks on Monday. And we talked about Spider-Man all last week. We have a lot of fun here. Please do share it around if you think anybody would be interested. Otherwise, if you caught it on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it on a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality.